Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, what was your first email address? <sighs> okay, let's keep... Oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear mine? Yes. Mystique underscore stars with a Z underscore 3001 at yahoo.com. Yeah, because I was super extra <laughs> and thought it was being special. <laughs> yes. All right, mine was the bomb eight oh six D A. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is excellent. Nineties kids. Welcome to Job Logs, a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. And you're listening to Job Blogs. All right. So it has been a crazy month for me. I don't know about you, but yeah. I've been traveling a lot for work. I have a couple more trips coming up. I'm a maid of honor in a wedding this week. Gosh, Actually, it'll heart. be last week by the time this airs, yes, in the Dominican Republic. So I'm excited about that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, what's been going on with you? I'm just keeping busy. Like, I just got here from another event on a weekend, work event. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds and like you feel cool. a type of yeah. way about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, I'm grateful for my opportunities. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do want to say thank you, though, to everyone who left feedback, who continues to leave feedback on the website, on our social media handles. Yeah. The love is real. And honestly, like, even last night prepping for the studio session, I always have these moments of, like, doubt where I'm like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And is this, like, silly? And who's even listening? And is it justifying, like, all of this work and energy that we take out of our weeks yeah. to come into the studio? Is it worth it? Um, and you guys in your comments make all of that go away. Yeah, so thank you. Up our Mondays. Yes, yes. So love. thank you so much for, for constantly showing love. Um, Today's episode is going to be really exciting. We're talking to Devin Williams, who is a former NBA Washington Wizards dancer. Nice. Exciting. Also an entrepreneur, an engineer. So it's a really dynamic conversation about your personal brand, about beauty in the workplace, yeah. and balance as well. Yeah. So stay tuned. Great things in store. Yep. So we're going to dive right in. Let's do it. All right. Now it's time for Rants, Rays, and Reviews. And we're going to spotlight things that are making us, our lives better, worse, and, and just kind of add value to your situation. So yep. who's going first? Um, I suppose I could go. Okay. Uh, so this week I am ranting. <laughs> oh, boy. And I am ranting about the delivery people in my neighborhood. <laughs> Spark Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, in yeah. Brooklyn. So the other day I was coming back from the, from one of the business trips I was talking about. So I was coming back from Atlanta. I was tired. I was famished. It was like eight something, probably like quarter to nine. Mm -hmm. And I wanted something to eat. So I got on Seamless and I started placing an order in my cart. Um, and I had like my two items. I wanted my 
Vietnamese pho or pho, however you say it. This is just a <laughs> traditional like soup. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted my bubble tea. And that's all I wanted. Okay. And But I wanted to ask my roommate if she wanted food too. So I went to the restroom, put my phone down, and was going to, you know, connect with her to place the order. Little did I know or realize that it was already 9 o'clock and the place that I was ordering from closed at 9. Mm-hmm. So I was so, 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 so devastated because I had been dreaming about this bubble tea the whole <laughs> cab ride from the airport home. Okay. So it's after 9. It's probably 9.02. I'm like, no, but let me just, you know, remembering your rant from last week, I was like, let me call the place and see if, you know, they'll work with me. They'll be accommodating. Accommodating, because I'm a customer, and this meal means everything to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, let's just see what happens. So I pick up the phone, and I call, and unfortunately, the delivery, uh, the person that picks up the line is like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, so sorry, we closed at nine. But then she says the delivery guy left already for the night. I'm like, hmm, but it's 9.02. Yeah. And you closed at 9, even on Seamless. So how's he gone already? Like, what if you got to order at 8.58, which you would have gotten if I would have pressed submit <laughs> two minutes earlier, right? <laughs> like, did he leave already? Uh-huh. So I was a little skeptical, but I hang up. So I hang up, and when I hang up, my phone reverts back to the, the Seamless app. Okay. And I see my meal sitting in the cart still. So I get the genius idea to hit submit anyway. Okay. And just, you know, see what happens. Uh, so I hit submit. And sure enough, the delivery guy <laughs> was there an hour later with my food. <laughs> so the rant is, she lying. don't, why are you always lying? <laughs> why are you always lying? <laughs> like, don't, listen. As a brand or a business, do not lie to your customers. Honesty is the best policy because you lose brand credibility when you lie or are dishonest. And in this day and age of social media, I could hop on Yelp and talk about, you know, your ethics or integrity or whatever the case is. And it's all intrinsically tied to one another. So as a brand, just don't lie. Tell the truth. Be honest. You know, what's it worth to you losing a customer or, you know, having bad customer sentiment or just being honest? She could have easily just as said, we close at nine. We need to shut down. We don't you know, we can't take any additional orders for the mm-hmm. night. And I would have had to accept it. Yeah. So, that's my rant. Easy business advice from job blogs. All right. I have a rave. Um, so I've been really busy, um, as you all know, with school and work. And so mental health has become really important to me, um, especially with winter coming. These New York winters are not to be underestimated or played with. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, putting energy into making sure my mind is right. And what's really helped me over the past month is the Calm app. Calm? It's just called Calm. Mm. It's um in the um, Apple iTunes store. I don't know about Android. I'm sorry. I don't live that life. Um, The Calm app is just a meditation app. um, And it's really great because it has like guided meditations. Mm -hmm. Um, You can choose whatever time interval you like. Um, It has like two sets that are free and you can subscribe if you want more. Mm -hmm. I do not have coins for that. (laughs) So I use the free option, which is just a timer. Okay. And you can pick like really melodic background music. So like lilies in the field, underwater. Tell me about these meditations. Right. What are meditations? Well, and that's another thing. It, a lot of people like have all these misconceptions about what meditation is. And really, I mean, every religion has some form of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like quieting your mind. Because okay. like you have all these thoughts. 
but like the thoughts aren't you it's really yeah. kind of your brain just going like haywire yeah. so meditation is a time to just kind of quiet down like and just get back to some people call it center but it's just kind of like a calm a peaceful mm, state so I you see. can like you know just think quicker and be more clear about um, what you're doing yeah so meditation is great it just alerted me that i have been doing it 33 days straight <laughs> i am very excited i just do 10 minutes like every morning and oh, just wow. kind of start my day like ready yeah pico Iyer, i saw on a flight one time um he's written a book called the art of stillness i think it is yeah. and he's also given a ted talk and he talks about that just quieting you know your mind and yourself and resting and taking a break from things so you can actually reflect on them yeah because i mean a lot of times a lot of your issues are like self-created mm. like so you just need time to like separate like okay this is me acting a fool yeah like get rid of the garbage so calm app get your zen on Today, we are so excited to have Devin Williams on the episode with us. Devin is a dynamic woman and a dear friend who balances work, entrepreneurship, and life with poison grace. Devin is a former Wizard Girl, which is the official dance team of the NBA's Washington Wizards, whoop, whoop. <laughs> software engineer, entrepreneur, and most recently, a certified life coach, right, Devin? Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Devin. Thank you for having me. You know, I'd be curious, how did you find yourself here? How did you get into all of these different activities? Well, let's see. Uh, well, my story is kind of an interesting one career-wise. I started off wanting to be a broadcast journalist, and that is initially why I decided I wanted to go to Syracuse. And uh, if you know anything about Syracuse, you know that their School of Communications is one of the best in the country. So yeah, that was it is. my that was my goal. And... So the long story short is that I didn't get in. <laughs> I didn't get into Newhouse. Um, but I did get into the iSchool. So I decided that I was going to go and give it a shot and see, you know, kind of where it took me. And if I really did want to be in broadcast or if IT was something that I could, uh, that I could grow with. Hmm. And so when I got there, um, this was, you know, around what, 2000, well, I, I graduated in 2009, so this is around 2005, the economy wasn't doing so great. Right. So jobs in communications were few and far between. And there were a lot of people who were graduating and, and just, you know, they weren't making any money. They didn't have any, you know, they, they couldn't find a job. So I decided I was going to stay with IT because I could do it. I was pretty good at it. And, um, and I knew that I would have a job. So there's job security in that. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, that's really where that path came from. Um, and so I, I say that to say, and that's something I speak about when I speak to youth as well, or just when I speak in general, is that sometimes your path takes you in different directions, but it yes. leads you exactly where it wants you to go. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, cool. So that, that's my career anyway. Nice. And how <laughs> as did far as um, the life coaching come about? Like, cause software engineer and like, right. they seem, they don't seem connected, but I'm <laughs> the, sure yeah, they're like polar opposites. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the life coaching just really speaks to my personality more than anything. I'm really that person that people come to when they want to talk or they need someone to listen to them. Um, and so I, you know, I've always wanted to build my personal brand. Originally, I thought that was going to be through broadcast or um, something in the media. And what I've come to find is that my brand is more based in helping people mm. and, um, and, and just being a listener and someone who can provide a platform for 
helping people figure out what their next steps are. And so when I started to do some research, I, I came across life coaching. And so I, you know, I, I just kind of dove into it a little bit more and I just said, Hey, why not? You know, why not take this leap? Why not use the things that are naturally in me, my natural abilities and my natural talents to help people and use that to build my personal brand. And I can and so attest that's really where to it came from. that being sort of a natural passion of yours. Cause I mean, for mm-hmm. years now I've been liking your Facebook statuses you know, sharing a good word with the people, <laughs> motivating yeah. us. I you know, really it, enjoy. It's a battle, too, because I, I, I don't want to be the person who says things that you already know. You yeah. know, so it, it really, really my posts on Facebook are very conflicting for me at times because I don't want to be the person. I don't want to be the social media cliche, you mm. know, like I, I really don't. Um, but, you know, there's definitely a certain part of it where you have to give some of yourself. And, and I, and I, um, I battle with that because I'm a very honest person, you know, and sometimes it's not as polished as Mm -hmm. social media would like it to be, (laughs) you know? Um, and so I really have to uh, challenge myself to kind of bring it all together and to bring it back in so that it's, um, not so broad, um, that everyone can still relate to it. Uh, and that there's something that people can really get from it as opposed to it just being another post. Yeah. I will say though, like, um, just, looking at your social media feeds and kind of having been exposed to those, the motivational messages that you've shared for years now, I think a big part of why people listen to you is because you have a brand that people admire. Um, I know I do personally, right? You've been polished. Oh, well, thank you. You're poised. You're welcome, but it's true. And um, I think there's something to be said about that. How have you intentionally refined and honed your personal brand, both from your image to how you carry yourself, even as a dancer, um, to make sure that it supports what you're doing and sharing as, you know, a motivational and now life coach? You know, it's hard. It's very hard today when what's popular is not what's poised. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's popular is not what's refined, especially as women. Mm -hmm. Um, what I know is that even in dance, when I was on the wizards, we weren't allowed to be on social media the same way that other people were. We weren't allowed to post pictures of us, you know, partying or drinking or doing any of those things because we were responsible for the brand. You know, we belonged to the brand Mm. and, um, it was instilled in us very early, even at at Syracuse, uh, where I went to undergraduate school, uh, when I was on the dance team there as well, it was the same thing. You know, it's not just about you. It's about what you're representing. So I guess maybe I've always been very conscious about, the fact that I've always been associated with the brand. The difference now is just that it's mine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, um, and so I've been able to take that and just and 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 flip it and and use it to my own benefit. But beyond that, I just I'm really an advocate for women, of course, but I'm really an advocate for the all around woman and yes. not being afraid to be that woman. Yeah. And I think that we sometimes put ourselves in boxes or sometimes we limit, um, you know, how we want to even view ourselves because we don't want to take on this platform that's so big and that's so amazing. And that's mm. so easily, um, 
intimidating to other people and we like to kind of dim our light and yeah. I, I I really battle with that even myself sometimes and I have to remember that that's really what I'm all about yeah. <laughs> you know so uh, I, I push myself too but what I always want to do um, is be someone that is one relatable which is why sometimes I don't post pictures where I'm so well done up and I look so great and I yeah. have on makeup yep. and That's you an know like I don't want to do yeah. that because I'm a real girl yeah. you know I'm a, <laughs> I'm a real girl I have real problems yeah. I have you know I have real hair I have <laughs> real yeah. things that I deal with yeah. on a daily basis and I want people to see that because I need, I need them to know that although there are real elements to me you know I can polish those things up as best I can and put together the best package that I can yeah. um, and, that, and that they can do it too. Since we're in this like space of like how you present yourself as a woman, one of the interesting things when Joe was telling me about your background is I thought it would be interesting just um, because like whether it's in STEM or dancing, those are two fields where people can play your womanhood against you, but in kind of mm-hmm. different ways. And yes. I wanted to kind of get your feedback on, on like how, whether it's a stereotype of, I know people look at dancers like, oh, that's not um, like a sport. It's just like a pretty girls, even though like that is like highly physical yeah, um, profession <laughs> or STEM where they just don't expect women to be in the room. Like when you're in those different spaces, how do you kind of combat what people presume about you and really put forth who you are, what your brand is? That's a great question. And you know what? I get this question a lot, um, especially in regards to, well, really in regards to both fields. When it comes to STEM, women are just largely up, underrepresented in STEM in general, especially in math and engineering. Um, so, in general, I just want to make sure that when I speak to people, when I talk to people, that I'm putting my best representative forward. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that people do dismiss you. And in the workplace, I, I used to not share with people. I still don't that I was a dancer, uh, you know, a professional dancer, because there are stigmas or stereotypes that come with that, or people assume that you're less competent uh, or that you're here for some reason other than your ability. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I really don't go out of my way to share those things all the time. Um, but what I've come across just as a woman in general and a woman of color in general is that people will treat you as though you're not even in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to be bold enough um, to really to really take the chance and, and to take the, the steps to make yourself visible in a room. Yeah. And, and you have to do it in a way that is respectable, but that also makes people raise one eyebrow. And the only way that you can do that is if you're always prepared. Mm. And that's what I've learned is that I'm not the smartest person. Uh, I'm no genius, but I work very hard. And so when it's my time to show up and it's my time to be present, I'm always ready. Hmm. And and that's something that I've had to really, uh, you know, hold close to to myself and push myself with that. You don't have the opportunity to come in and not be prepared. What does that um, look like, Devin? What does preparation look like in the workplace? Let me tell you, preparation. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you an example. Something that happened recently. So, <clears throat> essentially. I just would like to recommend to anyone in any field that you go above and beyond to keep your own records. Mm. 
because what people will try to do is not only take credit for things that you've done, but also throw you under the bus, Mm. (laughs) you know, if there's something, if if there's a negative light on them, they're going to try to pull you into it. Like, Oh, well, you know, she didn't do this or, you know, well that, that part of it didn't get done because of her. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. So, you know, in that situation, I was able to go back into my own records that I keep meticulously um, and say, oh, no, on this date, this is the work that I did. Mm. And on these dates, I was not here or this work was assigned to someone else. Right. And was able to prove that. Uh, and really not even in a manner where I needed to because, you know, the person in in, in, um, in authority at the, at the time already knew that it it wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. I know you, I know your work. I know what you do. I already know that doesn't make sense. But just because I needed people to understand that there will, there will never be a time where you think that you can. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details come against me right um with nonsense and that i won't be prepared right and and that was a message i needed to send across the board and it was sent very well that's awesome Um, yeah i mean that's great advice and it speaks to your reputation too and the brand that you'd built mm -hmm. over time with that manager who you know could speak up and say no i know this is unlike Devin." right right and and to and to talk about to go back to um that in relation to dance that was a big transition for me to start dancing for the NBA. Um, even though, you know, I danced for Syracuse and it was, it was awesome. Uh, dancing for the NBA is like nothing else. And, but what I was very pleasantly surprised to find on my rookie year with the wizards is that there were so many women with like these dynamic careers. I mean, like working for in procurement for, you know, Exxon Mobil or account accountants or, you know, lawyers or, you know, working GS 13s and 14s in the government. Like I was really impressed just with the careers of the women that were around me. So I felt like I had something to aspire to not only in dance, but also just in my life, you know, that these women were able to be beautiful, be smart uh, and still have these awesome careers. And so that was just such a, um, an eye opener for me and and something that we really prided ourselves on uh, as a team. But, you know, what you always find is, of course, people are going to assume that, you know, you don't have the ability to do anything other than be pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and that's OK, because the reality is that there are times when being pretty and, and being poised and being put together will open certain doors for you. Now, it won't close a deal for you, but yeah. you may be able to get in the door. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? And, let's, so. and let's talk about that because that's, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of been a growing priority of mine. I toyed with, I dabbled with the idea of a stylist at one point mm-hmm. and I still, I hate shopping. I hate like getting my hair done and stuff like that. But I do recognize the importance of your physical personal yeah. brand in the workplace yes. um, in terms of opening those opportunities and just 
even putting you on a level playing field for certain sorts of leadership opportunities. So how important do you think, you know, looks and appearance and the way you more importantly carry yourself are when it comes to work? Well, when I'm at work, I am, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting question because when I interview or when I go to meetings, uh, things of that nature, I'm very subdued in my appearance. Like I don't want it. I never want my appearance to precede my ability. Mm. And it's very easy to do, um, you know, when you're used to being, uh, you know, in a, in a, a made up glamorous, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, lifestyle with yeah. being a professional dancer. Yep. So when I do those things, um, you know, especially interviews and stuff, I, you know, makeup is very low closer, you know, my skirts are long, my shirts are up mm. to the neck, you know, like I don't, I don't want that to be what's, you know, selling me to this situation. However, when it's time for me to represent my brand and to represent myself, once I've already passed that point, I always make sure that I look my best, I present my best, um, and that I am the best, you know, because I know that, see, people, once they know that you are the dancer, that you're the cheerleader, that's who they want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you, you know, you actually were captain of the team, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I was, I was. Two seasons, Mm -hmm. congratulations, that was awesome. And they retired your number. You You were the only person to to get a retired number. So tell (laughs) us about the, that is, that is, I mean, that's awesome. I was so proud of you at that time. Thank you. Tell us about that experience of leading this group of dynamic women and, Oh um, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you, you know, there is some politics in that, you Mm -hmm. know, there was a lot of challenges in that for me, you know, to be honest, because I went from being a rookie to being a captain in one year Mm. and, uh, usually pretty much never goes that way. Hmm. And, um, why'd it go that way? Uh, you know, I, okay. At the time the NBA was going through a lockout and, um, we, they were doing a, um, an overhaul. They were, you know, turning over some, some of the employees and our coaching staff happened to be a part of that. So not only were we in a lockout, we were coachless, mm. um, because we didn't even know if there was going to be an NBA season at the oh, time. Oh yeah. I remember that. Right. So we were, you know, practicing kind of aimlessly with, you know, the captains that we had the year before. And, um, in the transition of that, I just kind of on my own took on some leadership roles so that once the season started, I could be of help, uh, in, in the process of, you know, managing the team, not even in a, at a point where I thought I was going to be captain, but maybe yeah. I would go for like a co-captain position or, you know, something of that nature. Yeah. And, and what, did, I, what did you, what roles did you take up? Cause I think this is so interesting and applies directly to the workplace as well. Right. Yeah. I was going to yes. say, I'm sure like leading those women, like managing some guys in IT is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, and you know, and it just speaks to there being a need mm-hmm. and you being able to see it coming, mm. you know, and, and that really is where I operate. I operate in that space as much as I can. Like what is coming? Because if you can stay ahead of it, uh, and if you start working it, you start working that soil before it even gets put down. Yeah. Then you will always have, um, you'll always have a space in it. And so that led you, you have two entrepreneurial ventures, right? Yes. Yep. yes. So that led you to Fanciful <laughs> and then also to life coaching. 
Yes. So I started the company with a good friend of mine that went to Syracuse with me. Actually, she just finished law school and took the bar. So we are very excited about that. Um, Congrats, friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But so our company provides dancers for brands and for events. Mm -hmm. So almost like how the Wizard Girls are, um, or how professional dancers are for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, um, they are marketing teams more so than anything. And so we were, this company will put together, uh, we will build a dance team for your brand. Um, or we work with professional or semi-professional teams to build them dance teams. Or if you have a private event that you would like entertainment for, and you kind of would like it themed and things of that nature, we can put on a show for that as well. So it just kind of uses dancers to, enhance brands as marketing teams and then also just as entertainment i love it i love how everything has tied together and come together for you yeah you know it's great and and let me tell you what's even better is when you have a lawyer on (laughs) on your team it just saves you and having to outsource paperwork and understanding and things of that nature like i i've learned so much just from working with her um, you know, on the back end contract wise and, you know, just yeah. how things work from yeah. a legal perspective. Yep. I, I've just gained so much knowledge on that, that it's, you know, it's just priceless. So literally I'm, I'm always learning, you know, I'm always taking what I can in order to apply it to, to my brand and to my businesses and, and being able to not be the dependent person, you know, love like it. my skill set is so broad at this point. It's yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I just, love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Devin, we've enjoyed talking to you so much and, you know, kind of unexpected lessons about how you present yourself and overcoming different challenges. So if you could impart some knowledge to the job <laughs> family, is um, just like when you're working with your clients, what's the common challenge or issue that comes up and how do you kind of empower them to take that on? I, I think the misconception for, for coaching is that your coach has the answers. Hmm. And they don't, hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, it, and 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 especially when it comes to life coaching. When it comes to business coaching, yes, they should have the answers because they're trying to, you know, mentor you on how to grow your business in certain ways or whatever the focus is for that coach. But for life coaching, the coach doesn't have the answers. The answers are in the client. Mm. That's kind of like yeah. uh, what they say about like when you go to therapy, like the exactly. Exactly. And so really what the coach's purpose is, is just to ask the right questions to lead you to your own answers and then finding a a strategy around how to do something about that. When you're talking about the balance of your life, sometimes, you know, it, we apply those rules to everything else, you know, like, Oh, if I have an assignment that needs to get done for work or for school, I set reminders about it. I put a structure about it, um, to make sure that I get it done. But when it comes to the things that we, that we need in our lives, emotionally, Mm. uh, physically, um, you know, educationally, whatever it may be, for some reason, we don't apply the same rules. Yeah. We just kind of have a free for all. Yeah, that's so true. That's <laughs> you so know, true. and so really, you know, coaching. Well, my coaching anyway is about structuring even the life process and making sure that we apply the same rules and the same level of urgency and and of priority to to getting those things accomplished as well. I love it, Devin. Let us know uh, where. Our listeners yeah, can connect you. with you, find you to get more of this amazing insight and advice. 
Yes. Um, well, I have a website, uh, www.devon.devon.m, as in Mary, Williams.com. Well, okay, Devin, great. This was a really inspiring conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Accountable. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank that you. Progressive. Yes. Thanks, Devin. It's that special time again. Hired and fired. But this time, Joy is taking the reins. I am. She's laying down the law. I am. So today I'm drafting up paperwork and termination papers (laughs) for Dodge, the American car company, the whole company. That's a big company. I'm going to tell you why. So the other day I was sitting around watching TV and... A spot or ad, an advertisement came Mm -hmm. on the television. And I was passively watching, so I hadn't really paid attention or or heard what they were saying. But my roommate pauses me and is like, did you see that? That really makes me feel a type of way when it comes on. I was like, what? Rewind it. So we rewind and she plays it for me. Before I tell you what the commercial was, let me just set up, you know, the the story here. Set the scene. So last year, you know, I actually could be wrong on this, but a couple months back, Dodge put together a campaign that highlights their co-founders. It's directed by Adrian Brody, who's an award-winning director. Mm. He's done like The Pianist, Grand Budapest Hotel. And the series of of ads spotlights John and Horace Dodge, who, again, were the co-founders. And it's set in, like, early 1900s. So um, it it showcases their very rebellious spirit. Apparently, these were guys who, like, defied the status quo and did their own thing. And Dodge is now embodying that spirit in their new line of vehicles. Okay, Awesome. Nice concept. Great. So cue current commercial (laughs) in question. The commercial comes on, and it's set at a country club. Nice, jazzy, ambient music playing. You know, when the scene opens up, there is a waiter with a platter with some glasses of water getting ready to serve, you know, the people that are in the country country club, the patrons. They're all dressed in hats and suits, and it's all very elegant and eloquent. And then slowly, in the far distant, you know, you hear a little bit of Ray Schremer. <laughs> How do you say their name? It's it's a, a rap Ray duo. Schremer. Ray Schremer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no Flex Zone is the name yeah. of the song. It is a rap song by Ray Schremer. I, I can't say their name, but I love them. <laughs> can't say their name either, but you'll know the song, No Flex Zone. And you hear it, No Flex Zone. Slowly, you know, the volume's increasing. And then... Out front, in front of the country club, John and Horace, the co-founders, right, in their 1914s garb, pull up in a Dodge Durango and get out. And the narrator of the commercial says, well, there goes the country club. Well, there goes the country club, the 2015 Dodge Durango, now with available Beats audio. And so when I saw it, I really, I instantly felt a type of way and I wasn't sure why exactly but mm-hmm. the more i thought about it the more i realized like well there goes the country club it, it's sort of reminiscent of like well there there goes the neighborhood yeah when many like african americans move in dealing with gentrification or like you know and it was was it there goes the country club because rap music was playing you know even though it was john and horace it just was really confusing for me and yeah. i felt a ways and it goes off the air and it's just like 
you're left sitting there with a feeling of, huh, like, what are they implying there? You know, and, and maybe it was just that the volume was really loud on the music and, you know, John and Horace have this rebellious spirit, whatever the case was. My point in bringing this back to business is that when you are creating for consumers, make sure you have a diverse set of people in the room with you testing your concepts. Because what happens a lot, especially in advertising, is there just isn't sensitivity to how different audiences might receive something. Mm -hmm. And so my word of caution to everyone out there is make sure your consumers aren't left feeling icky or feeling like, huh, I don't know how I feel about this. Make sure you have diverse voices creating, contributing, and working on that end product that's going to go to market. And that's it. So you're fired. Bye. All right, so it's time for another round of Ask Job Blogs. This is the segment of the show where we respond to your questions. So if you have questions about work, life, need some advice, shoot us an email at ask at jobblogs.com or jobblogs.com slash ask jobblogs. So today we have a question from Twitter from Keshna Thermidus. And she asks, what are some unconventional questions to ask in an interview or unconventional thinking to interview someone? Um, so not clear here if the question is around being interviewed or specifically interviewing mm-hmm. someone, but we'll, I'll share a couple of mine for both scenarios. Okay. So, um, I think one really good one that I always like to ask is what's the leadership philosophy at this company? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's obviously for when you're being interviewed towards the end after you've sort of shared about yourself and, you know, the interviewee asks do you, the interviewer asks, do you have any questions? You jump in with a bunch of really well thought out questions. And I will say one thing here, do not let, like, don't say no. Never let the answer to do you have more questions be no. You should have questions prepared to fill up that space and that time. Because in my experience, that's been the time where like the most thoughtful conversation has happened. Yeah. And it shows that you did the work. Exactly. You looked into it to have questions. Right. So I like what is um, what's the leadership philosophy here. Um, I like I don't know if this is unconventional, but not a lot of people ask it in my experience. What are the day to day responsibilities? Mm-hmm. You need to know what you're signing up for and what that typical day looks like. Yeah. What's the culture? Like, Culture is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one that my uh, sorority sister taught me to close with is based on our conversation today. Would you hire me for the role or would you consider me for the role? Um, and it's kind of like it's sort of intimidating to ask that mm-hmm. at the end of a conversation. It always throws people off a little bit. But when you're going for certain roles, especially sales and things like that, close the conversation, like close it by being confident enough to ask based on our conversation today, based on what you've heard in my passion for the company. Would you consider me for this yeah. role? And you'll get a good sense of if it's like, oh, well, you know, or, you know, if it's absolutely, you know, just interviewing a couple more candidates candidates that's a great sign yeah so that's that i know there was a second part to the question um about unconventional thinking to interview someone again not completely clear but i would say when you're interviewing other people make it less about tricking them um because that's you don't want to catch people off guard with a trick what you really want to try to pull out of candidates is understanding how they process a question Mm -hmm. and how they think through the response. So if they prepared, 
you know, they should have a very methodical way of responding to things. So it's not even about getting the answer to something right. It's about did they demonstrate like that they're strategic, that they thought out thought through a couple different scenarios? Yeah. You know, do they have the business mentality and, and thinking that you're looking for for that position? So that's what I'd say to that. Yeah, I've never gotten the approach of like intimidating someone like at the interview or like kind of having it be like a scary situation. Yeah. Like I think you want everyone to be comfortable. You want to like see this person's personality. And I think that'll give you a better sense of if they're a fit or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd also encourage you to just ask questions if you're interviewing other people about specific project examples. So, you know, tell me about a time when you did X or Mm -hmm. a time when you demonstrated Y or, you know, time you were organized. And that way, again, you'll get to how prepared and methodical they are in responding. Agreed. Good luck, Kashna. Well, it's time to clock out. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Job Logs. Thank you. So you can find us and get in touch with us at joblogs.com or around the web at joblogs, the handle. Yep. And Courtney is on the social medias yes. as Cleave Out Loud on oh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You are quite welcome. <laughs> And Joy Marie <laughs> is on the social media at Hey Miss Parker. Two R's. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes, preferably with five stars, please. And leave us a review. Reviews help us get more recognition for the show and keep expanding this platform to discuss work, professional development, careers, all that good stuff. Yep. Thanks, guys. See Talk you to you next week. time. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.